Ish. Rowdy group. Um, on, and on this book, we're on Lamatet Amud Aleph, which is 39A, one, page 171, right near the bottom. It starts Amara Chiam Barashi. Right? Thank you. I'm glad we agree. All right, when you get a chance. Everybody, everybody have it? Across the turtle. Okay, so again, we're dealing with what is considered to be the major issue and what's the minor issue having to do with brachot. Why don't you, uh, Karen, tell us, me tell you what you just told me because I think it is interesting. Go ahead. Well, I was telling some of the others already. There's yeah. a new program in uh, Israel called Kipat Barzel, which means Iron Dome, but it also means Iron Kipat. And it's about Karadim in the army. And one of the um, female soldiers um, sends a, leaves a krembo for one of the Karadi soldiers. <laughs> and they talk over the radio, and he says, you know, there's a discussion as to what bracha to say. If it's the biscuits that's the main part, then it's one, and if it's the, uh, and they both agree it's the cream and the chocolates. <laughs> so here you go. It's right. It's, it's as modern as a TV show in Israel. So what's the bracha? Yeah, Very good. <laughs> what is considered to be car? What do you really want? And what's the tafel? What's the kind of goes with the with the deal? Right. So um, again, we had questions of what what is the taste and everything. We're going to continue about this, and they're going to deal with now. What happens if you take a, a few pieces of bread and you throw them into your soup? Ah, thank you. Ah, okay. Or what happens? Or you throw it into something to wipe up, you know, the gravy or whatever the case may be. Presumably, you haven't said motzi. If you said motzi, it's not the the okay. So that's what we're going to deal with, starting with the dalit. Michael, you want to take it? You say? Okay. Okay, so Patsnuma. Snuma, the way Rashi takes it is Yvesha. Okay? That you put into the the, the soup or the, the bowl in order to soften it up. Okay, in order to soften it up. So what is it you know, it's it's not bread in the sense that you're really trying to take the bread, as it would have been, you know, if you cut it for a piece of bread, uh, for color, whatever the case may be. But according to Rabkhiya Bar Ashi, you still have to say hamotzi because you're meant, you meant to eat it afterwards as uh, as pot, as bread itself. <laughs> Okay, so tzarich tichle. What's tichle mean? Really, to end. Okay, with the pot. So the question is, when you say hamotzi in the beginning of a meal, you need something there to cut it, to cut the bread, and at that point you say the motzi. This is presumably as part of the meal, right? It's not something that you're using as not the ikar, not the main thing. But the tough fail that which is you know you're throwing in bread to, to soften it up you're throwing it in because you want to use it for the the gravy or whatever the case may be to soften it up etc. So there's a difference of opinion. Rabbi Chia says it's hamotzi no matter what. Okay, it's bread. Period. And Rabbi Chia said sarich she bracha im hapat. So ultimately, with the cutting of the bread as the major thing, that's when you say hamotzi. Okay, so, so. Does that mean you should cut the bread instead of? We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about that yet too. It'll come. Just give me a time. Okay. So, no, no, this this will be practical stuff for Shabbat, and I will, of course, eventually get to Pesach, as I pan, planned 30 years ago. <laughs> so, I didn't say cut the muscle, just give me a break. Just give me a break. You know, just give me the leash on the last day, a couple of days before Pesach. 
Mashnat Snuma Delo. Why Snuma? Why the Yavesha? Why that thing Delo? You would think that if it's bread, it's bread. And you say, Hamotzi, right? Mishum Dechi Kalia Bracha Aprusaka Akalia. Because in essence, Kala means to finish, like Halot. Okay? Um, so it basically is when you say the bracha, you say it on a piece of bread that you do the cutting. And that's when you say the bracha. Al patnami ki pusa. So if that's the case, what do you do? Is it, is it, be, when do you say it actually? Mishum dechi kalya bracha pusa kalya. Al patnami ki pusa gamra. Is it when you do the cutting? Or is it when you've, it's already cut? Okay, and you're going to come to this, and so it'll have your effects on, on Friday night meals, as you'll see in, in a moment. So the question is, he said, look, this is ancillary stuff, this patsnuma. So, Matkifla Rava, he says, basically, wait a second, it deals with that when, you, when it's cutting, and that should be the case when it's done in this case. So we'll come back to it in a minute, but let's keep reading first. Botzea. Botzea is, in a sense, to cut. Okay? So the question is, <clears throat> why are you saying the bracha? He's saying it after you do the cutting, and so patsnuma is already cut as such, or do you do it before you say the bracha, vacharkach botzea? Okay? You say the bracha first, and then you do the cutting. Rava and, and says basically that if that's the case, the Shatikhla Bracha Im Hapat is not quite the same thing. And we have now differences of opinions on exactly what to do. Okay, so the people from Naharda'a, which was a major yeshiva in, in Babylonia, they did the like Rabbi Chia. And what does Rabbi Chia says? Heshteinzot says, "Sheim b'tziat halechem hayum avarchim, umesaimim at bracha im chaticha shel prusa." We say the bracha, okay? They, they, as they do the cutting, and they finish the cutting when they have a prusa, and that's when they're ready to eat it. Okay, keep going. And the rabbanim. Now I don't know. I have no idea the rabbanim are. Presumably, are the others. And did it Kirava. And what does Rava say? Before you do the cutting, you say the blessing, and then you do the cutting. Okay, so the question is, are you cutting it and while you're saying the bracha, and then you have a prusa, you have a, a slice of bread, or do you say the bracha first, and then do the cutting? Okay, how does this relate to patsnuma? This is something that's already cut. Mm -hmm. It's already cut. It's done. Right. It's not part of the loaf. It's not part of the loaf. Correct. So we have a difference. That we clearly have a difference of opinion. There were two minhagim, two customs. Amar Ravina. Amar Ravina. Amar Aim. Aim is my mother. Okay. Because I said you never. I never fight with a booby. You don't want to fight with your mother. And who, who said this is what your father used to do? Ah, now that's calling a higher authority. Your father did it like Rabbi Chia, which is the first one. That you have to finish the bracha with that piece of bread. Okay, you know, you're cutting it, and then you have the piece of bread right at that spot. And the Rabbanan still do, like Rabba, which is you say the bracha first, and then do the cutting. Even though the father of Ravina, and Ravina is very important, he's considered to be one of the editors of the Talmud, did it like Rabbi Chia, that's not the way the halacha goes. Very often, as you know, we don't have a halachic opinion, but the halacha is like Rava, and what does Rava say? You say the blessing first, and then. Okay, so again, take Friday night. You have two chalas. Okay? You take, you're ready to say, you go wash, you take off the cover, 
What do people sometimes do? What have you seen? What happens in your houses? Some people take the life of I don't say some people. What you do you do? You what? The, the bread sitting there? They hold the bread together and say the bracha, then put it down and cut it? You gotta, everybody's got to think now, right? <laughs> okay? Anybody else? Pass it around and So what? Pass it around and tear it after the bracha. So some people... I don't want some people. What do you do? No, no. Well, we do like that. Okay. We have close relatives. That they do, they take the knife and they put it across the top of the two halot. They put a little salt on the plate next to the halot. Then they pick up the halot, say the bracha, put it down, slice it, dip it in the salt, pass it. That's what you do. That's your father did. You did avuch, right? Your mother told you that's what your father did, right? Anybody else? Okay. So what you have there is a combination of both. You're not really cutting, no, just... but you're, as you take the knife across, you're in a sense symbolically doing that. Okay, so um, let's so let's go back to Iunim, the page before, on the bottom of the page. Have it, Patsnuma, previous page. Yeah, previous page, Patsnuma. Hakoshi. Daninkan. The, the difficulty is that if you have the pot, the, the bread in the bowl, what are we really dealing with? When it's simply a piece of bread you're trying to wipe up, or you're using it to wipe up the gravy or soak it up the soup, that kind of thing. No, Ha'im. Mitsuya. If, if it's there by itself, you're just trying, you know, they didn't have microwave ovens to warm up a piece of stale bread. Throw it into some hot water and let it sit there, and then you can have it. <laughs> So, is it that that's what that's what it is, and that you say bracha on mozi because that's your major thing, or it's with other parts, other breads too, and you don't say mozi on that, you say it on something that you're going to really cut appropriately. It's not something that was done after the fact, but it's something that's done a priori. What's the foro? What's perurim? Crumbs. Good work. Crumbs. They're going to get the word yet. And it tends to crumble up the bread. This is stale bread. You crumble up the bread like you would something into your soup. Means to, to leave it there. To let right to, to let it to let it sit there. To let it sit in water. So in other words, you've got this you want to use this as bread. Again, you can't warm it up, it's not anything else. You you tear it up into little pieces, into smaller pieces, you let it sit in the ka'ara until it's able to be eaten as such, and you really mean that as bread, so to say a mozi, or is it so ancillary that you really need to say the bread for the mozi when you cut the bread at the beginning of the meal? That's the patsnuma. Okay, now turn the page. Since they didn't have any preservatives, right. that happened rapidly. Correct. That's the issue. You know, we take them out of the freezer now, you throw it into a toaster oven or a microwave, you have a full piece, and within 30 seconds, 20 seconds, you got something. They didn't have that. They didn't have freezers. They didn't have, I mean, they didn't have refrigerators. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Okay, so now bracha ubtzi the oracha halacha. Bracha ubtzi 
Shalem. You say the bracha on a full loaf. And you begin to cut a little bit before the bracha. Now you know why some people do it this way. Hefsek. So there shouldn't be... In other words, what's the break? What's the break? Between the bracha and the, and the cutting. And the cutting. So you're, you say the bracha, and then you start, and everybody's... And then everybody's quiet the whole time, and there's a hefsek there. Here, you begin the cutting saying the bracha and then you finish the cutting there's not really that much of a hefsake at that point alright so now you know why Merle or, 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 or Mike that people do it that way this is that became the custom if you can't put the knife back in where you've cut it <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> that's why I thought people didn't do that because they were worried they wouldn't be able to put the knife back okay. in okay <laughs> <laughs> Shlemao Bruce. Um, yeah, do, do, yeah. Right, like like Rabbi said to us. Um, all right, let's, the next one we'll go, we'll go. Okay, let's go back to the text. Itmar. Okay, what's ptitin? Ptitin are small things, crumbers, you know, small pieces of bread. They bring. Pit Pit Oh, that's what they call Israeli couscous now. Sure. Okay. Okay. So, if you, which one are you going to say the bracha? Are you going to say it on the ptitim, which are the small little pieces, or the shlemim, the big loaves? Okay, so Ravuna says, what do you do? You say it over the smaller pieces, and that already is good enough for everything. Okay, so, I mean, let's say you get, you know, you, you have pieces of challah, rye bread or whatever case, it's already sliced, and you have another whole loaf ready to go. Which one do you say the bracha over? Okay, so, it's a practical thing. Okay, the bracha has to be said. You're gonna eat bread. Which one do you say it over? Most of them say, "Who cares?" But the, for the Talmud's point of view, it cares. So the first one says, "Titin is fine." And then, if you need more bread, cut the bread as you need it. The shle the mitzvah mina muvchar that's hidur mitzvah the equivalent. The best way of doing it is the whole the whole bread, the whole bread. So if you have a piece of bread of chitin, which is wheat, and you have something of barley, which is considered to be better or more important, wheat. So the, if you're doing a mitzvah and a mukhar, it's better to say mivarech ala prusa shel chitin ufoter dashlema shel sorim. So, Rabbi Yochanan says, normally, if they're both wheat, they're both barley, it's better to do the shlema first. But if you have wheat and barley, wheat is considered to be the, more, the, the better of the produce. Use it that way first, no matter what, whether you're saying prusa first, uh, under these kind of conditions. Omar Rabbi, you're Bar-Abba. Well, this is like a discussion, a disagreement of Tanaim. Because who are we talking about? Who are the people we're talking about? Rav Huna, who is Babylonian. Rabbi Yochanan, who was late Palestinian. And now he said, you know, this is like an argument that occurred earlier in the Tanaitic literature. Okay? And it'll deal with truma. It won't deal with exactly with bread in that. <clears throat> but it'll deal with the concept. Is it really half of, is it a piece or is something whole? What is considered to be minhamuhar? What is considered to be something which is more desirable and over that which you now say the bracha? So what is the thing? We have to give truma. Okay, I got two koanim here. We have to give truma to them. So, part of the truma is the onions. Do you give a small, full onion? 
Or do you give half a big onion? Which one would you prefer, Larry? <laughs> half a big... Okay. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, 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 small. <laughs> it may not be as fresh, but okay, he wants the half a big one. All right. So, w- what's the issue here is what's considered to be more appropriate to give as truma? Okay, what's more appropriate? The same way as the piece of bread or the full bread? Okay, it's not really the case. What should we really do? Katsi batsal gadol, what Larry wanted. Okay, uh, better to have this one that is half a big one. Okay? So, so. <laughs> because what's consi- what would you consider more important, a big onion or a small onion? Presumably the big onion. So half a big onion would consider me more important. Now, again, why is this brought? What's the equivalent? The piece of br- uh, the big thing full, or you got a big piece of bread, or you got a small little challah bun. Okay, what's considered to be more important over what you say the mozi? This book talks about what's the highest quality grab options. Right, but uh, but again, it's a, it's a quality in, in in the sense of not what's a better produce, but what's a better better giving opportunity. Let's put it that way. I just read an article that you should never use onions that were cut and save them because the bacteria comes even if you cover it. So that whole small onion would be a much. All right, so throw out this whole idea. Forget it. Sandy, who's the, who's the daughter of a Cohen? Forget it. Forget it. Right. You want to be able to eat it. All right. So, go ahead, keep going. Isn't it, doesn't it really say, because we're trying to make the equivalence, that this is what they're really discussing, this is what they're disagreeing upon? What is it? What's Palgi? what they disagree. Palpliga. One thinks that chashuv, the chashuv is the bigger onion. And that's so it's half a bigger onion is more important. And the other one thinks shalem. Sandy just told us that the shalem is adif. Larry told us that then the, his Kohen family would want the other one. Alright, so here you have two Kohen families fighting it out, and, and Mike just said he'll take half of each one. So, you know, you, you really can't trust the Kohen, whatever they go, whatever they get. I mean, that's I just what I just heard. That's, I mean, I didn't make it up. It's now on tape, by the way. So, you know. what? The small onion you have to peel. You lose part of the onion. Uh-huh. There's nothing left. There you go. There you go. That's a good reason. Then the bacteria don't get in. They didn't know Okay. Okay. When are we talking about this? When Larry and Michael are right with us. Okay. Because remember, the half an onion eventually will dry out. I mean, it'll okay. The full one will last longer. Okay. So hecha the ika kohen. What is that? That it, under those conditions, that the chashub, that it's be, that better to give the half onion, because they're right here, right now. It's quote unquote fresher at that moment. They'll do with it what they will. As Larry said, right then he can use it right away rather than peeling it and losing it, etc. But, but what happens if we don't have a Kohen with us at this point? What's the issue going to be? It's not going to be fresh. I have to find a Kohen. I'm not going to be able to put it, etc. Or I have to redeem it and take it to, to, to another Kohen or whatever the case may be. If it's Ika Kohen, there's a Kohen there. Mela, Chashuv, take half of the, the big onion. But if a Kohen Leka, if a Kohen isn't there... Uh, well, then there's a disagreement. Then there's a disagreement. Okay, well, every time, well, if Michael and Larry are here, and Sandy's family are here, we have to show them min hayafe. You have to give them the best possible thing, because you're giving to them right now. Midkayem really means that's what you have. It doesn't have to be the best of the best, because over you, over time it's got to it's going to go anyhow. So you may have to redeem it. You may have to give buy it someplace else. You may have to give it under these kind of things. But something that will last for a period of time, even though it may not be 
at that particular moment tremendously fresh. <laughs> and what does Rabbi Yehuda say? He protects the Kohanim and says, hey, come on. No matter what, you've got to give them of the best. So, okay, now, what, what does this have to do with what we're talking about? What? Right, saying the bracha on the piece of bread or the whole thing. What's considered to be chashuv? All right, and what's not? The the is the it, what happens as I say if you have a full piece of you know a big piece of of rye bread and you have a chalaban. Okay, no, take a you know not a chalab but a chalaban, right? Which one do you say the bracha over? We're not talking Friday night in general. If it's prusa and and it's considered to be something which is cut already, then the rye bread is a bigger piece than the chalaban. If it has to be shalem, then you got to do it over the chalaban. That relates to this onion story. Okay, that's the what they're trying to do. They're trying to set up this equivalent that this this disagreement having to do with the bread is based on the disagreement and the concept of the same thing that occurred earlier in Tanaitic literature. And as usual, they say, well, not really, you know, because only b'deika kohen. It's only when there is a Kohen in front of you do you get that issue. The bread's there, so it's not this white thing. But the Leica Kohen, if there isn't a Kohen, then you have to pick another one no matter what because you want to give something which can last, and that's much more important than whether it's the best of the best at that point. Only the compare True. Okay, but, but that's what, you know, the old story is that ultimately what you're dealing with is Everything in the in the Amoraic period, the period of the Talmud, they try to say is based on what came from the Tanaitic period, okay, from the period of the Mishnah, and everything from the Tanaitic period ultimately is based on what came from the written law, okay. So you have this going this this path back, if you will, to Sinai and all of this thing going forward, and so you don't want rabbis don't make up things by themselves in those days. They've heard it from the tradition of others, etc. And you even had today, which is really a fascinating one. This is what your father said. Okay, this not this halacha, and, and halacha doesn't go that way. Interesting enough, this is what happened in our home, and I, nobody will tell me around this table that you haven't heard that when it comes to Pesach. Okay, this is what we, this is what your, this is what we do. This is what your grandfather did. This is what your father did. Okay, or, or why do you do that? If somebody asks you, because that's what my father did. I don't, you know, I learned that. He learned from his father. That's pretty powerful. Except that's not the halacha. <laughs> Interestingly enough, so you had a number of different cases here of how they kind of uh, maneuver to the, the thinking in terms of trying to be able to get a pattern and eventually come up with an answer. So we're back to some extent in the same thing. There's still a machloket between these two individuals, between Rav Huna and Rabbi Yochanan. What's considered to be better? Yereshamayim, wow. Those who are in awe of heaven, meaning those who really want to do it right, the pious, if you will, Yotzei Yedei Shnehen. They try to follow the, the, the concepts of both of them. And who is Yereshamayim? Mar Bre de Ravina. Okay? And there's a Steinsels has on his side who that is. It's not the Ravina that we're normally talking about. This is Ravina Rashon, the fourth generation of Amoraim. That no matter what he did, his all his work in Yerei Shemaim and Kavod La Torah, etc. Okay, so he was in in any in many ways considered to be of a pious, reverential kind of person. That that he that that he would do this. And so what did he do? He would place the prusa, okay, the the one that's cut, in the shlema. You put it together as such. You put it together, okay. And he would ultimately say the bracha on both of them to give them. You'll see this in a moment. A sense of kavod to each one. Okay? Kavod to each one. Tanei Tana Kameh, the Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, 
Okay, so the same thing already by the company to Rab, somebody who was in front of Rab Nachman by Yitzchak, he did the same thing. Okay, he put them in a sense both together and to be able to do it. <laughs> Great question. Okay, so they asked Rav Nachman, "What? What's by what name do you want to be known?" Amar Shalman. Well, we'll see in a moment. It's going to explain it to you. Shalomata, ah, this is great, right? It's a play on words. Shalomata and Shlema. You are a peaceful person, and your Mishnah is whole that you placed Shalom, Dena Talmidim, meaning there were disagreements, and you're able to bring them together. If you can do both the disagreements and bring them together in one, Okay, and we do that, by the way, a good deal. Maror and Chaseret, there's a differences and all those kind of things. All right? What's say again? No, I just was commenting the best. I was saying it makes me think of Shalom Bayan. Right, it's the same kind of thing. If you can do both so that ultimately um, that's the case, that's the best thing you can do. All right? And here you go. Here's your 30-year plan. Ah, gee, yeah, look at that. <laughs> this is how you say the bracha. Okay, I will do a little bit of this on the first day of Pesach in a different kind of way. So those of you, that's a little bit of a hint for those who want to come study with on the first day of Pesach. I'm going to do something with regard to this. What do you do? There's a disagreement on how you say the bracha on the on the matzah. Okay, because you need you need two full ones because like Friday night like Yantif or the problem is you need now is an interesting phrase normally we call it as the bread of affliction but it can also be poor man's bread and the Rambam talks about it as lechem she'onim alav. It's bread on which we give an answer. Meaning, that's what the Haggadah is all about. Lechem she'onim alav. We give an answer related to why this bread, that matzah is there, and that's the whole Magid section. Ha'lachma anya. That's why we start, right? So what do we do at the beginning? You all have in front of you how many matzot? Three. three. Okay, everybody. And most of us learned it that you have three because? Kohen Levi Israel, right? Nice idea. Not true. Nice idea. You have three because you're trying to fill shalom in the case of these two issues. On the one hand, you need Lechemishneh. You need two things, two full pieces of matzah, like you do on Yantuf, like you do on Shabbos, like you do any other time when there's a holiday. And on the other hand, you need lechem oni, bread that is different, afflicted, poor man's bread. Who a poor man will eat any kind of bread. He doesn't need a full piece of matzah. He'll be glad to eat a partial piece of matzah. So what is it? Kadesh. Next. And what do we do next? Sing it. Okay, karpas, which is the whole Greek thing, and then even before we do anything, we break that piece. I'll talk about afikoman and, and everything else on the first day. Okay, it's the middle matzah. That's why we have a second say. Okay, and what what do we do ultimately? That becomes lechem oni, that broken piece. And therefore, we still have two full ones, and we have one and a half, or one apiece. And when we say the motzi, what do we do? We hold the two top ones. We do, even though the shleimim are there, the full ones are there, we do it. This is an example of, again, two different opinions, both appropriate, both necessary and we harmonize them together by saying let's have three matzahs because we never need to do three pieces of bread you never need three chalas 
to fulfill the halakhic obligations. And again, we do it right at the beginning. We don't do it when we're ready to say motzi. We do it right after the hors d'oeuvres. Okay, and then you keep it open and you close it. Vahishamda, you close it. You all know if it is follow your Haggadah. But, and therefore the Rambam says, what is it? When we break it, we're saying, Halach ma'anya, this is the bread of affliction. This is the bread that we're talking about. That's, what we're, that's, the, that's the matzah we're talking about, the one we've broken. And then we go on to tell the whole story. Lechem she'onim love. Okay? So, looking again. Amara, Papa, Komodim Bepesach. Everybody agrees. It's Shlema that this is exactly how we're able to do this. The Pesach, Shemaniach, Prusa, Betoch Shlema. They're held together. Uvotseya. And then you, you know, cut it, you break it, obviously. Maitama Lechem Onik Tiv. You need that bread of affliction, you need that bread of poverty, and the Ani will eat. You know, doesn't need a full thing of bread or a full thing of challah or a full thing of matzah. He'll eat the, that which is already broken off, etc. So there you go, 30 years, and I got you to Pesach, Era Pesach. You now will be able to use something at your Seder if you haven't known it before. And this is a really, it's really something very important. Okay? Yes? Freedom coming out from Correct. the matzah and the, the slavery. Correct. It's, it's both. And it depends when it's used and how it's used. So we don't simply break it and put it away for hafikoman. Okay? The breaking is halakha lechem oni. Everything else we do with the other stuff is, is a, a, another answer. Okay. Let, no, let's go back to the previous page of Yunim. Pititim Ushleimim. Okay, it, it's, it's nicer to have it over a full thing of challah or a full thing of bread. Move in it, it's understood. Mm-hmm. It's Ravhunas that we don't quite understand, that you do it on the team, you do it on the smaller pieces. Okay, it's not that he he wants the the the, the pieces that are recut that they're better than, it's just that they're equal to. They can be, can be, you can say the brach over either one. You have again a big piece of rye bread and a small chalaban. The piece of rye bread therefore for him becomes more important. Because a bigger piece it's more present, if you will. And some say that since the, the other one is cut already, you could eat it immediately. The other halabun, what I got to do? I got to cut it. So that which is immediate, I should say the bracha on that one first. Kind of strange because it's not like it takes. It's not like cooking something for a long no, no, time. no. But still, and the slicing really is pretty immediate. But it's not as immediate as having the thing that's sliced already. That's all. And it's and therefore it was considered preferable for some over the because it was already cut over something that had to be cut yet. All right, uh, let's do Oracha Halacha Shlema Prusa. Which is the second one? Okay, Nikiya means full. It's not clean. Okay, Pat Nikiya is full. And it also mean it also has to do with purity issues, etc. In other words, it's appropriate full piece of uh, full color. It's better to do it over the full one. 
Here, since what do you do? You combine them. You say that with the two of them together, if one is of wheat and one is of barley. All right. Next, the next part. Forget the next one. Just let's do the next one. Tormim shalim. So Larry is. We don't follow Larry's opinion. We have said it's better to take the small onion. Okay. So we follow. We you do the full one, presumably because it'll last longer. Correct. Okay, it'll last longer. Next page. Hatsiyaba Pesach. Here you go. Evening. Oh, here. Hatsiyaba Pesach. Under evenings. Shehizbiru. Yeah, it's cut out. Right. Hayu shehizbiru ki bapesach shalom kvachadim acherim mutar hatsiyaj al there are some who say that normally what do you have to have in order to, to say motzi on Friday night? Two full chalas. But because of lechem oni, this bread of affliction, this poor man's bread, it's allowed to have not two full ones, one plus something. Geonim, from the geonic times, which is 8th, 9th, 10th centuries. Dafka. Dafka. I don't know what that is. Masa <laughs> Normally, it might be good enough to just say the bracha just over that half a piece of challah, uh, the half a piece of matzah. From the Geonic times already became the custom, as we say, as we do, to have one plus something else. Okay, a full one because of the Chag. Okay, and being the second one, okay, because you should say it over a full piece of matzah. And the one that's broken, that's why we break it. Not to anything else reason, the halachic reason, so that there'll be lechem oni, and then he adds a kicker. Okay, and today, it doesn't give the context, doesn't give the halachic opinion, but that's what we do. Two full ones and a half a one. And that's why we do it. We do it so there'll still be, if you will, lechem mishneh, like we would do anytime on a Friday night or on a yantif, and a half, which is. Lechemoni, and when we say the as you know, we use them at different times. But you say the bracha motzi over the bracha, the full one and the half a one to do to fill both the one that's fulfilled and the one that's lechemoni. Hmm. Okay, so there's your pesach rules. You can bring it. I was giving you some things for your pesach seder. If it's not known to anybody. You know, when we break the matzah, everybody's trying to rush off and everybody's looking where you're putting it because it's all yafikoma, right? That's the whole story, right? We all we go through it. And our seders, either, either ones where we're looking to hide it or make sure somebody doesn't hide it, whatever the case may be. But there's a halakhic opinion behind this that is really rather critical. And this is an example of where it comes from. And, it's all, and again, like the, the one where they put the two together, it's to try to harmonize two different points of view that are possible, that are, and if you will, both correct. You need Lechem Mishnah and you need Lechem Oni. How do you do that? You do two plus something. Questions? There you go. There's your Pesach a little bit for today. Now we'll go back to Shabbat. And on Shabbat, this is what you you all know. You have to use two full whole ones. Why? Because of lechem mishneh. Okay. Because you're supposed to be able to do this appropriately over lechem mishneh. To mishneh in this case means doubled. Doubled. 
Okay, so first of all, let's just go back for a moment. Where do we know that you need Lechem Mishneh on Shabbat? Says in the Torah where? The man. The manna. Right? You're supposed to go out Friday and get two and because of nobody. And of course the Jews don't listen and go out anyhow. As the case may be, right? They learn the hard way. And the way everything they picked up turned into worms. So now we're gonna have something where Ravashi says, Khazina Rav Kahana. I was at the Friday night table of Rav Kahana. Dinakate that he took. Tarte, Tarte is two chalas, Uvitsa Chad. But he cut only one of them. Okay? Okay? And he'd had to okay. Okay, he would cut something at the beginning and use it for the entire meal. Okay, most of us, as you I'm sure in your houses too, you cut the challah, you pass it around, and everybody eats, finishes that piece of challah. Then you want so you cut up some more if anybody else wants. Rav Zeira, for some reason, have a akula sheruta. He would ultimately take a big piece and it would last him for the whole meal. Well, he knew if he didn't take it, then there would be none left. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see what it means, why that's the case. Okay. Remember, Ravina Rashi is now very late in the Talmudic, in the, in the, the Talmudic history, the last of the ones. Okay. Ra'av Tanuta. Ra'avan. Ra'av, what is, what is Ra'av? Hungry. He looks as if he's a ravenous. Okay, so you cut up the challah. Alright, and you pass it around. Normally pass up little pieces. You cut up the challah, little pieces, and this person takes a big piece. So it lasts the whole thing. Okay? The Talmud says... He looks like a glutton. That's not what your mother taught you. Right? You make sure somebody else had the bigger piece. We'll see you Friday morning. Right? Uh, so, he looks like ra'avanuta, like somebody who's ravenous. Best way to say it. Somebody who's hungry, who's glutton. He took a big piece. Not appropriate. Not nice. Not what your mother taught you. Right? So... Why would he do something like that? He's hungry. I get it, he's hungry. So finish up the piece and get another piece. You know, don't have to take this huge piece. You know, cut it up little pieces and then grab half a challah for yourself. Depends what? Depends where you bought the challah. Okay. <laughs> what? Well, that's what Sandy said. Because it, it's, it should be added in. It said to him. Amarle, uh, uh, it, it was said to, in a sense about him more than anything else. Or Ravashi says, no, he doesn't look like a glutton because normally he did. What well, wasn't the case? He wouldn't do this. He wouldn't take this huge piece of bread. The Haidina, Haidina means a now, he did it. He's not looked as, as, a, as a ravenous person, as a glutton, etc. There must be some reason, therefore, right? There must be some reason. This wasn't his normal practice. If this it was normal practice, then he's, you know, he's a glutton. He deserves to be a Ravatan. But if he only did it, under on the on the experience of Shabbat, there must be they suggest another reason, which means they're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Why would a rabbi look as if he's a glutton? But, you know, teacher, it wouldn't be the case. There must be a halachic reason, an agadic reason, an appropriate reason that that was the case, and not because he was this person who uh, who couldn't uh, hold himself back. Uh, 
הואיל ואתאבי במצווה אחת. Okay, so Ravami Virabasi ke having mitrame le rifta. Rifta is lechem. Okay, when they, when le was lev was brought to them of an eruv. I have to explain this for most people. Lechem of an eruv. Mevarchin alea hamotzi lechem min haaretz. Amre hoil viitavid be mitzvah chada. Since one mitzvah is done with it, ne'avid be mitzvah acharite. Let's do another mitzvah. So, there are a number of kinds of eruvin. The most familiar you're with, you're going to have to do during Pesach. And that is? Eruv tavshilin. Not this week, but next week. Next Thursday. In order to cook from Friday to Shabbat, you have to begin the cooking already for Shabbat on Thursday. Right? And you take usually a piece of bread and one cooked item. It can be an egg, it can be a piece of meat, it can be a piece of fish or whatever the case may be. And you put it aside on Thursday. And you say, this is what I'm putting aside so I can, can cook for Shabbat to Yantif. And I, you also say, interesting enough, not only for me, but for the, all the people who live in the area. Okay? And what do you do? You put it aside and you make it part of your Shabbos meal. Symbolic, you're allowed to cook on Shabbat yeah, I'm sorry, you're allowed to cook on Yantif. You're not allowed to cook on Yantif to Shabbat. There's a question of whether you can cook for Yantif to Yantif. And basically what it is, if you make a big pot of soup or something, and you take a little bit on the first day, you can leave it over for the second day. But from Friday to Shabbos is a problem. So Thursday, as you do your preparations, you do an Eruv Tafshilin, and you put it aside so that you can have it on Shabbos. And you'll find Eruv Tafshilin almost at the beginning of every traditional... Haggadah. Okay? Because it can occur a number of times. Okay? It's in a Sidur. It's anything. That's one of them. What other Eruv do you know? Carrying. Alright? Carrying. Okay? Eruv Tatserot. You can only carry from one place to another place. If it's from the private to the public or the public to the private. If everything is considered private. And so, in order to do so, there are rules of what is, what is included in that private. And normally, again, you have to put up some sort of defined thing. Uh, it has to be up a certain time. The laws are very complex. It has to be up a certain uh, uh, height. has to be certain amounts of poles in between them. It has to be seen. Um, there have been, as you know, adjudications in different communities of whether an Arab can take place or not, etc., We've been able to have an Eruv here, which has been helpful for people who care about it. It allows you to take out a baby stroller, carry your wine to, to somebody's house, take your talit, whatever the case may be. Okay? And as someone who observed for the first number of years until we had one here, we'll try to be as careful as possible in, in those kind of things. Today, an Eruv really allows you to do that. There are two other Eruvim. Okay? One is Eruv Tchumin. You're only allowed to walk 2,000 cubits outside the city limits on Shabbat. It meant more than anything else that you should sit in your community and not walk from place to place. Okay, For, uh, On Shabbat you should stay within your community, stay at home, stay at your synagogue, whatever the case may be. That is unless you have put a meal, including bread, within the, at, at, the, at the place where it's 2,000 cubits. If you do that, that becomes your makom si'uda, that becomes your new habitation, and you can walk another 2,000 cubits. You like that, huh? People would do that. Presumably, okay? How, how much is 2,000 cubits? This is a cubit, about a foot and a half. Not, not quite a foot and a half. I don't know what this is. Eight. Okay. From your elbow to your... So it's like half a mile. It's sort of like half a mile. Kind of approximately, okay? So, that's, that's, that is a ruv tchumin. And that's the major one. I don't know if it's done anymore because people, they, the um, you know, cities are much larger and all that kind of thing. But in those days, cities were small, right? Archaeologists, they were very small. And you would walk, if you needed to walk from place to place, you would put this out Friday, you would cover it over, hopefully no, the animals wouldn't get to it, and you'd, you'd have your meal there, you'd say, Motsi, Brikhan, Amazon. It's like you started anew and have another 2,000 cubits to go. What is the parameter of 
here, the way it's set up is from, from the lake to part to, I think the highway, maybe just a little bit beyond the highway. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And the north, it does not quite go to the high school, that's a problem on Yom Kippur. Um, to uh, certain areas, but West far East south, East. I think it's south of Roger Williams, I believe. Yeah, hmm? well, yeah, well it depends where, as I said, it changes a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't go. And where do we use the telephone uh, poles? No, they said they use mostly telephone poles, yeah, mostly. Just look up, you'll see the little pieces. Correct, you'll see little pieces of markers there. Yeah. Okay? There is another one that's known as Eruv Hatserot. In in the ancient times and medieval times, and you'll see this if you go to Mea Sharim, they would have courtyards, okay, for protection. People would build their houses with a common courtyard. If you didn't have an Eruv, uh, that Eruv like we've had here in terms of that, if you had a common meal, food was placed in one person's house, you would be able to carry within that entire courtyard because now that courtyard became in a sense private domain as you're eating from that place. Okay? So, what is this saying? Is that there, and we'll see this in the commentary in a moment, there are times when bread is part of an Eruv. And this person said, not only will I do motzi, but I'll do it over bread of an Eruv, so I'll in a sense do two mitzvahs. I'll do the Eruv mitzvah, and I'll do the Motzi mitzvah. So is that why the guy had took such a ginormous piece? He wasn't actually being the glutton? Separate thing. Okay. Totally separate thing. This is just a, a separate thing. Okay? So, now let's look at it in uh, in the Eunim, where it says, verse all, Batsa Akula Sheruta. That he didn't just cut one big piece. He would cut all the peaked breads that were there. Okay, so that's presumably he would do it in now whereas he saw it as Kavod Shabbat because he didn't do it during the week, it had nothing to do with his ravenous, gluttonous kind of thing. Rivta de Iruva. That's what I told you with the common one, all right, the common courtyard. It's also put aside bread. So in three of them that I've talked about, there are four, we have bread being part of it, interestingly enough. A meal, because that sets like your new habitation. Finally, let's look at... Uh, at Orach HaHalacha, Lechem Mishneh B'Shabbat. Likzo'ah. and as you notice it says here, every meal. Okay, so there are some people, Sudashli Shit, who do it as well over two full colors. Here you go. Now, this is what it's telling you what, what you should do on Shabbat. Okay. You hold machazik, but Shabbat machazik shteh kikarot. That's why some people pick them up both, put it down, and cut one of them. Somebody who cuts a large piece from that color, the chola arucha. Minhag yafehu. It's a good thing because you're not going back for more challah all the time. Yevishena hag Rabbi Zera. So if Rabbi Zera wasn't seen that way, he's he saw as lechvod Shabbat. Finally, pat ha'eruv. 
Okay, you'll notice he has Tchumim or Tavshilin, and you'll notice that the Yonim said Chatserot and Tavshilin. Okay, so there are three different ones which are possibilities. Shacharicha, but on the in the one at lunch sets in Shachri. So you you have learned Shabbos rules, Eruv rules, and more importantly, Pesach rules. Hope you use it well. Chag kasher I'll see you, I hope, over the course of the next little while, but in this class, the end of April. Shkara. Oh,